Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Cycling Nate podcast. Now, I haven't been uploading for a while, but we've been busy, but we're back now and hopefully we'll get more episodes out very quickly. Um on today's episode, we speak to cyclocross rider for Trinity Racing Team, Cameron Mason. Now, for you guys that don't know Cameron, Cameron is a uh, a racer for Trinity as I said. And Cameron does cyclocross, mountain bike, and even some road, and a lot of adventures that are pretty cool too. So um, yeah, we talk to Cameron about his adventures, his racing, uh, his current injury, podiums, Euros, uh, British champs, and everything else. So it's jam-packed episode this is. So hopefully you guys all enjoy and uh, stick around, have a listen, and yeah, let's get it going. Welcome to the podcast, Cameron. So how are things? Uh yeah, not too bad. Like yeah, not riding at the moment, which sucks, but uh getting there with my uh elbow, so yeah. Uh how long how long until you can step onto the bike again? Um I don't really have a date really to be honest. Yeah. It's kind of um yeah, it'll be to do with physio and getting the strength back. Um, okay. I'm kinda of working on getting the range of movement back on the elbow first and then obviously I've got to kind of get all that strength back before I can go on. But I think I'll be on the turbo soon. Um, I should be able to start putting weight through through my elbow. So yeah, maybe a, a month a month or two until I can get back properly. But yeah, it's what it is. Must be tough without the riding. Yeah, like yeah, just missing that structure in my day really. But um, but yeah, yeah. I'll get there. So anyway, welcome to today's episode. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you for yeah, having me. Not a bother at all. So, Cameron, would you would you like to just tell us maybe a little bit a bit about yourself, just so that we can kick this off and uh, we can go from there? Yeah, sure. So, um, I'm Cameron Mason, riding for Trinity Racing in mountain bike, cyclocross, hopefully some road this year and gravel as well. So, kind of doing as much as I can, and uh, yeah, been racing since I've been pretty young, like. 10, 11, and uh, I'm in my second or third year U23, so. Oh, not too bad. So at what age did you start cycling, and how, how did you start cycling? Like, what was the beginning of the cycling career? Uh, I can't remember. I think it was, I was like seven or eight when I did my first race. Um, quite young, I think. Uh, we were visiting some family down south, and there was like a local race going on, and I'd always been... Like our family had always been into riding bikes, but we'd never really raced before. Um, yeah. So I gave it a little try. It was a little kind of park cyclocross race. Uh, and yeah, we were just on our mountain bikes and I really enjoyed it. It was like 10, 15 minutes, just full gas. And uh, so then when we came back to Scotland, back home, uh, we looked out the local kind of races and then and then started from there. So I raced the Scottish cross country races and then the Scottish cyclocross races and then just kind of progressed up through the through the categories i started racing nationals when i was must be yeah, a youth like a youth b i think yeah um national mountain bike grounds and then um the same with cyclocross as well okay and so cyclocross is your main discipline and uh what attracted you to cyclocross like why not road or mountain biking more um i think i would say i've always done mountain bike and cyclocross pretty equally through yeah over the years like um 
yeah, I think last year, obviously in the summer with the with the pandemic, there was not much racing going on. So I I probably would have done more mountain bike. Yeah. Um, but I think especially when I was younger, like I wasn't that attracted to the road racing side of things. Like, um, whether it was just because my size or I, yeah, I definitely wasn't as good at it. So that was obviously a reason to. Yeah, I was a lot better at cyclocross, so naturally yeah. you kind of do do what you're good at more. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I have a like certain skills and things that kind of set me up well for cyclocross. So I think that was uh, a main reason. And you said the the pandemic. Um, how did the pandemic affect you and like your training and just your whole mindset? I mean, there was no racing or anything going on. And we were like all locked up. So like, how did that affect you? Because I speak to different people and they all have different answers. I mean, for me, I, I, yeah, it sounds a bit selfish, but I really enjoyed yeah. it. Like it was, a, I had quite an intense start across season with the world cups and yeah. just, yeah, it was my first proper full season abroad. I did like 30, 40 races. And so then Jeez. I got home. I got home, had a few weeks off, and then pretty much, yeah, the pandemic hit. Um, yeah. And it worked out quite well. Like, yeah, obviously I missed out on a lot of racing, but it's the most consistent training I've ever done. And, and it I, it was going the best I've ever gone uh, last year coming into the into the cross season. So it helped me a lot from that side of things. And then also from, like, a kind of opportunity side of things, like, it, yeah, it, it did give a few more things that I could do. So I did a bikepacking trip that I probably wouldn't have been able to do. Yeah. Uh, kind of video projects. Um, and yeah, just a little bit more freedom outside of the racing, obviously like, yeah, when you're racing like kind of week in, week out, yeah, you've just got to keep, keep pretty focused on that. But with, with a bit more freedom, I guess you can, yeah, do, do these other things. Yeah. And I mean, you're racing with the likes of, the pros and the likes of like Matthew Vanderpool, Tom Pitcock, uh, Vote von Art, and all these like big, big cyclocross pros. Like, what is it like racing against these guys? It's pretty cool. Like, definitely when I went over first as a junior and then also as a first year U23, like, yeah, you, you like pinch yourself because you're, yeah, obviously riding the same tracks and then yeah. warming up in the same area and you're going to start with them. And, um, but then also like being on the same track of them, like, you realize that they are just human that they're like doing the same thing as you're doing, but then you see how much time that they can take out of you in certain bits. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, that's just ridiculous. Like you're going around at like absolute max and somehow they can just pull out minutes and minutes, but yeah, hopefully that, that gets less and less over the years. Exactly. Uh, that's the idea. Exactly. Yeah. I can imagine it must be pretty insane. We're racing with them guys. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, like, you never see it on TV or or through pictures or anything. Just the skill and the power that these guys can bring to the courses. Like especially in cyclocross, it takes such yeah repeated like maximum efforts and the yeah. way that they can just continue to repeat their power and and you're seeing that on the road that how useful that is. Like their maximum kick is incredible, but they can do that time and time again through a race, which is is where where they're making the difference. Yeah, and a lot of people um, 
don't see the behind the scenes of like, let's just say a race day in a mm. team like Trinity. So would you quickly walk us through just a bit of a like race day recap, like from you wake up, like what happens during the time? Because I mean, we look on TV and we see you warming up and then the next thing is you're off and like, you know, you never get to see the behind the scenes. Yeah, that's, it's good. Like with cyclocross, like you obviously only race for one hour, but yeah, there's a lot goes on in that in that uh in that full race day so yeah we wake up at pretty normal times because 3 p.m race um and breakfast in the team house and then we go to the race depends how far away it is in belgium a lot of the time it could only be like 20 30 minutes away so that's always that's always a good thing and then uh we eat some food when we get to the race well register and sit around the camper and then we have course practice like two hours before the race and it's all about kind of dialing in the pressures and getting the right tire tread. Like, yeah, just, and just relearning the course. I think the more races I go to, obviously I'm returning to courses that I've done before. So that gives me a bit of a, an idea. And I, I already in my, in my head have an idea of what tire pressure is like or what the ground is like. So yeah. that, that helps a lot. And then chill out for a bit, pin on numbers and then, and then 20, 30 minute warm up and then head to the start. And then, uh, yeah, go full gas for, for an hour. And then after, obviously, like on a double weekend, you're straight into kind of recovery mode and getting ready for the next race in, in less than a 24 hours. So, yeah, yeah, refueling, warming down and, and, then, and then getting to bed, basically, because you go, go again the next day. So, like from my experience, like when I race mountain bike cross country, mm. it's full gas, like as the gong goes off and the first few meters are critical. Is it the same in cyclocross? Yeah. I mean, it depends where you are in the field. Like if you're very deep in the pack, like this, the first lap is super important, but also you can't do a huge amount with it because just the volume of, of people, like you can only expect so much, but yeah. Um, I'd say like, if you're in that like second, third row, then it's important that you hold those positions because even 10, 20 spots back, you're just going to deal with so much more traffic and, and that many more issues. Uh, the guys on the front row, I think the start is important, but you can only do so much from the start. I think it's the next, that kind of lap two kick that yeah. normally comes almost like the counter attack of the race. Uh, that's the really, you've got to be ready for that. Uh, but for myself, starting a little bit further back, like I just tried to, to make as many positions as possible and then, and then from there work on getting my rhythm and then and then riding a good race yeah obviously when you look at the tv and you see you guys racing it's chaotic it looks like Mm. at the back when you're starting in like sixth row or something yeah and like it depends what the course is like as well like if the if the track is super high speed like everyone is going along at like 30 40 k's an hour and it's and it's hard to kind of make that difference whereas on the mud tracks like you could make a good line choice or you could get off the bike at the right time and you can yeah. make up five, 10 positions quite easily. Um, so yeah, it depends on the track, just how important the, the start is. Yeah. And tell us for like the average person looking at cyclocross, you guys are on and off the bikes. Like how important is it to like be able to dismount and mount that quickly? Yeah. Like it's, it's super important. It's just about being efficient and having the skill so well drilled that it, you don't even have to think about it. Um, that's kind of the idea with a lot of these things, like get it to a point that it's just second nature, jumping off the bike, jumping back on and, 
and that comes down to kind of experience in the races but also like in training yeah practicing properly and and making sure you're prepared for it because uh especially like when you're in like a technical section and you find yourself having to get off the bike on the wrong side um having already practiced jumping back on the wrong side of your bike your not normal side it makes it does make a difference in the race yeah um so little things like that can help a lot and out of the 30 40 races that you mentioned that you raced the world cups and everything what would have been your favorite or what would have been your favorite tra track um i think generally the the hillier and the more technical kind of suit me yeah uh, but there's a few like that stand out like like uh tabor in in the czech republic is really hilly and kind of like a racetrack like a yeah like lots of really cool corners and and sections and uh but also like whatever track i've done well on are the tracks i enjoy so it's kind of yeah uh, even if it was a really bad track if i had a good race then i'd probably say one of them so exactly uh, but i think uh another one like overizer in in belgium is like a pretty technical like mountain bikey type one i think yeah and the the other side of that is the the tracks i don't really like are more kind of sand based i just struggle a little bit more with that compared to my competitors who yeah probably who've got more experience with it um yeah and that surely that takes a lot of power i mean as you said you're more of a climber so the likes of like vanderpool that can push out that crazy amount of wattage surely has a bit of a advantage over you in the in the sand sections yeah and a lot of time in start across it's kind of how you use the power like yeah i my absolute powers are are not particularly impressive compared to some guys i race with but it's about yeah, yeah how you put that through the pedals and through the tires because cyclocross is is always a balance of power and grip um and if you have way too much power and no grip you're gonna yeah. be not you're not gonna go very fast so okay it's a it is it is a balance whereas maybe in like in road racing or track racing it's a little bit more from that side of things like that isn't really an aspect to it um yeah. which yeah because the in cyclocross those skills suit me then maybe that's why i uh prefer the the across a little bit more yeah and last season you were racing alongside tom pitcock and uh tell us how was it like learning from someone with so much experience that is good like when i joined the team in uh like in 2019 i yeah i was still pretty well second year u23 and yeah uh, my first time on a big team and yeah having someone like tom there who's been on that in that environment and in that circuit for for a few years like yeah it helped massively just all the things that he's learned he could he could uh get across to me and it just meant my learning curve was just a bit easier basically and yeah um and just to observe as well like a rider at that level uh, yeah all the little things that he is doing and then also the things that he isn't doing and i i did realize that yeah there's no real secrets with these things like there's yeah. no golden ticket to to being at his level it's just consistent solid hard work and yeah and then and then doing all the little things right and uh yeah and that's so that's kind of what i'm focusing on now what do you think do you think uh the mind is very important too yeah i think yeah like your body can only go as deep as the mind can go uh and that that's the same for a lot of kind of things in cycling like um so yeah if your if your mind isn't ready to to do the effort or to 
to do the job, then your body won't, yeah, your body yeah. won't be able to. Um, but a lot of the time, it does come down to like having a setup and a support thing, so that you don't really have to overthink anything. You just have to just do the do the job and yeah, and enjoying it as well is is always the key thing. Like, um, if you're enjoying all the little things, then it just makes everything so much easier and so much less. Yeah, a lot less yeah. fric- friction and everything. And tell us, you spoke about earlier on about your backpacking trip. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? And like, I know you do YouTube and you post everything there, but for people that don't know really who you are, do you want to explain to us a bit about your back uh, bikepacking trip? Yeah, so I've I've always been really like outdoorsy and and uh, like with my bike riding and stuff, but. Yeah, over the last few years, I've done more kind of bikepacking trips. So that's, yeah, taking a little tent and all your kit on your bike and then just riding interesting routes. So the one I did last year was riding from my home near Edinburgh all the way up to the west, northwest coast of Scotland. Um, and it was mostly off-road, so riding on some of the, the highest kind of gravel passes in uh, in the UK. And, yeah, I just I, I get a lot from it. Like, it's very different to my day-to-day training like there's no the only structure is that you've got a route to follow and you just have to just tap away and you have to keep fueled and and keep hydrating and look after yourself and yeah it's it's quite a nice you can get into a really nice flow and rhythm of just tapping out the kilometers and and seeing seeing new places and new things yeah, and I see, like, I've watched on YouTube um, some of your adventures, and two of them that stand out was the Dirty Riviera and then the West Highland Way. Um, two big adventures, it looked like, or races. I don't know what you would have called that, but tell us a bit about that and how you planned for these events. Yeah, so the Dirty River is, I think it's, yeah, 200 kilometers. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to remember because I did 300 last, last <laughs> summer, but... um. Yeah, it was so. It's it's a proper gravel race, and I think the competition has gone up a lot in the last few years. I did it, I think, two years ago now, and uh, yeah, like I was not very good at that endurance stuff then. Just didn't really grasp the whole pacing and uh, feeling idea. So okay. that's that's where you really suffer. Like if you don't get enough food in and you don't go easy enough in the first half, like we're talking like yeah, like eight nine hours on the bike. So if yeah. you if you suffer in those first few hours it's going to be a really hard ride so um but yeah it's a really awesome race like all around the Kielder forest in the in the on the border between Scotland and England um pretty solid amount of climbing like over 3000 i think and um 3000 meters and yeah yeah really good fun and i hope yeah in the next few years i can go back to that race with a bit more kind of knowledge and experience and maybe and do a little bit better and go a little bit faster yeah exactly i mean there must a lot of preparation must go into that um as you said you weren't the best with your fueling and that but i mean you learned a lot of lessons i suppose and next time you do a lot better yeah like yeah you when you go into things unprepared you obviously learn a lot of lessons so that's the only really way to do it is yeah just do it and then you can only get better from there same with same with all types of bike racing or training like you'll never know what you need to work on if you don't try so yeah exactly and do you have any more crazy adventures coming up soon uh not for the next few months uh, as i'm injured but, yeah um 
I have ideas like I really want to do the the Absa Cape Epic, which is yeah, uh, amazing mountain bike stage race. Yeah, um, that's kind of a bucket list type thing, and I think I now have the opportunity to do that through uh, through my team and with Swift. Yeah. So that's just crazy to think about. So um, I have half an eye on that, and yeah, those type of things like those opportunities can come up and i am super happy to to jump at them when they do come but yeah definitely that kind of mountain bike marathon stuff is is uh yeah i've got a little bit of an eye on that yeah so cameron i see you're vegan and um i just have a few questions like do you find it challenging like when you travel like you said you could be racing race out in a different place every weekend do you find it challenging to stay on top of your diet um yeah i mean yeah traveling well yeah being plant-based or vegan is a lot harder than when i'm at home because yeah, yeah when i'm home it's pretty easy like yeah it's all your choice uh but yeah when other people are cooking for you or when there's less options um yeah i think the main thing is just kind of planning ahead and and making making sure that everyone knows as much as possible i think if there's no surprises then people will be able to yeah make exceptions for you if, if yeah. you can and then also if worse comes to worse not beating yourself up that if you can't make uh, a meal work or at the end of the day you need to to eat good food so if that means that it it breaks your rules then it's yeah it's, it's not the end of the world there's no there are no rules with diet it's, yeah, yeah exactly. you, you just need what you need so that's kind of the way i do it when i'm when i'm traveling or other people are cooking for me and if I may ask, why did you choose the vegan life or did it choose you? <laughs> um, I was vegetarian for quite a few years and then realized okay. that I was eating pretty much like little to no dairy also. So yeah, I pretty much cut it all out and uh, yeah, I feel a lot better for it from a ethical point of view. And then yeah. also realizing that it works just fine with my, with my performance and and I get blood tests through my sport and sometimes my my b12 drops a bit low and sometimes my iron drops a bit low but yeah i would put that more towards the the volume of training i'm doing okay. rather than my actual diet and it's something that i can fix with uh with supplements and and exactly and, uh, i don't feel like i'm really missing out on things yeah and how important do you think like a diet is especially especially in like this high level of cycling that we're at like how important do you think diet is yeah it's uh it's super important like it's yeah it's it's the other kind of half of of the training is the diet so um but i think for the most things i think about with diet are the kind of big things the macros like thinking am i getting enough of everything really quite generally like first of all am i getting enough calories and am I getting enough carbs to fuel all my effort? And am I getting enough proteins to to fuel my recovery? It's yeah, I don't dig too deep down into the into the micros. Um, okay. As long as your your um, diet is varied, uh, okay. you'll you'll be getting pretty much what you need. And and if you are worried about it, then then you can get kind of tests and stuff. But generally, yeah, if you eat from all different colors and all different kind of cuisines then you should be getting a pretty good diet i think yeah so we'll dive a bit into some results of mm -hmm. yours um so just to clarify it, you had nationals first before european cross champs or is it the other way around uh 
this year or last? Last year. Uh, last year. Uh, so last Saturday season. Yeah. Uh, we nationals. start. Yeah, nationals. Nationals was, first. Yeah. There was no Saturday nationals last year. Um, yeah. So nationals was in 2020, but it was part of last season, if that makes sense. Whereas Europeans, because of the Saturday season, runs kind of across the two years. Um, so nationals was in January of 2020 and yeah, in, in Shrewsbury and it was a crazy race, super, super muddy race and, uh, a good field obviously with guys like Ben Chulet and, and my teammate Tom and yeah, I, I was super happy with my ride. It was consistent and solid and, and I came away with, with a third in the elite. So yeah, I, that was kind of yeah, job was ju- done. Just about to, you stole the question from me, but um, I was just about to ask, how, how did that go and how did it feel like crossing the line and being on the podium? Yeah, I think looking back to that race, like it's a little bit more special because it's the last one since COVID, obviously, and mm. the, the crowds and all of that was super, super special. And yeah, like it was the start of a pretty good uh month for me with my like f- my form and stuff we'd just come back from training in Drona and gone straight into that race and it showed that the the work was kind of paying off and um yeah it was a pretty hectic race like riders kind of like surging and coming back like Thomas yeah. Mean had issues like punctures and then it ended up I got pretty close to Ben Chula at the end but yeah uh, yeah I was super happy with that race yeah, and I mean, you have also, when you raced the Europeans, you got a bronze medal in that. And um, that was in 2020. Yeah, so that was in October 2020. So Yeah, and um, would you say that would have been your best result so far in your cyclocross, um, in your whole of cyclocross? Yeah, in my whole of cycling, definitely. Yeah, like it's, yeah, a medal at European European champs is, yeah, super happy and, of course, like even if it wasn't a medal, I would have been happy with how I yeah. rode. Um, but it was kind of a bonus that it got a, a fancy kind of title to it. Well, a medal to it. Um, but it was a super like couldn't be a, like further from nationals really. Uh, yeah. In terms of conditions, it was super dry, super warm. There were sand sections, uh, tight technical. Um, I think it, that suited me a lot. There weren't a huge amount of long like power straights. Um, okay. So a lot of it was down to your kind of short, sharp punches and your technique. So, um, yeah, I had a, I had a great race there too. And in the closing laps, and you were like sitting there, and the podium was right there. Like, how did it feel knowing that, like, you're right there and you're up, you're up there? Yeah, I think through the race, I think uh, I caught onto the group that was fighting for third, and I was like, oh man, like I'm gonna be quite close to this, and then yeah. I dropped all of them and I was like riding in third. Uh, and then I caught Thomas Mean with two to go. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, flipping out. There's a chance to get a silver here. And then we were catching Ryan Camp ahead as well. And I yeah, was like, right. Like, was, at that point, I was like, right, you just have to do the absolute best possible. So I put in a few attacks on the last lap and um, Thomas Mean was stronger than me and, and got around me in an important section and, yeah. and and pit me for for third. So I got third and he got um second and yeah. But 
yeah, like I learned a lot from that race as well. Like even after I was still kicking, I was super happy with how how the result ended. But if that had been for like fifth and sixth place, I would have maybe been more harsh on myself because yeah. I didn't get a medal out of it. So I think, yeah, I I always try and be critical, obviously, and, and learn from these things. But yeah. yeah, at the end of the day, I did get a medal, so... And I mean, we her. saw at the end, there was quite a bit of emotion. I mean, it, it was a medal at Europeans, to be fair. Um, so, I mean, you must have been delighted. Yeah, and just, I think it was it was only my second or third race into the season. So, after kind of the whole, yeah, see, uh, summer of training and, and work put into it, like, it, it that, that definitely feels better. Um, yeah. And... And then obviously, but then a few weeks later, I brought my collarbone. So yeah. uh, that kind of came crashing down quite quickly. Yeah. And moving away from that a little bit, how the rest of you, how did the rest of your season go? Yeah, I'd say not very well. Um, I brought my collarbone two weeks after. So that put me out for uh, about a month and a bit. And yeah. I got my kind of level up pretty good again. And then. My second race back from that injury, I uh, got caught up in a crash in yeah. the start straight at the World Cup. Yeah. And that was uh, one week before Worlds. And I um, I bruised my knee quite badly. And then that took me out of Worlds. So yeah. in a, it was definitely a season of ups and downs. Just from a COVID point of view, like things were made a little bit harder with less yeah. racing. And just harder to travel. But then also just because I kept injuring myself. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't look back on that season with the best memories just because yeah. I know how well physically I was going, but just that I didn't really get played very good cards with, with crashes and, and coming off bad with injuries. But I think I've still got another year in, in U23 next year to kind of hopefully yeah. make, make up for, for the things that I, for those kind of missed opportunities. So, uh, yeah, I definitely learn a lot and hopefully stronger and wiser for next year. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you learn from all of this and yeah. I mean, you can take a lot away from, I mean, I know crashing isn't, isn't nice, but it is the sport we are in and yep. we've got, just got to take it. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, everyone gets, gets dealt the crashes. It's kind of just how you deal with it. So that's the, that's the idea at the moment. And tell us, take us maybe through a typical day in the life of Cameron maybe first where you were like properly training we'll say no injuries and then <laughs> now uh yeah so normally uh my alarm goes off at 20 past seven every day and get down eat breakfast and then do a little bit of stretching and while my food goes down and then out the door by 9 30 for training um training it really depends what the day is, whether it's a recovery day with a recovery ride or if it's full on, exactly full on training. But say a normal day with like a four hour road ride with, with, uh, with efforts and then back home and recovery shake, shower, lunch, uh, chill out. And then depends if I have to wash my bike or not to get ready for the next day in the evening, uh, plan out my Strava route for the next day. And then, then uh, get out my kit and then and then go again. Yeah. And a typical day now. 
Uh, now is not so interesting. I think, well, for example, today, like I had a physio session, um, so working on getting my range of movement back in my in my elbow. So that's with through massage and through other treatments, and then yeah. uh, just kind of yeah, went for a walk and just more boring admin stuff. So <laughs> there's not exact as much excitement now, but hopefully, as I'll be able to do more. I'm. I only got my surgery uh, like four weeks ago, so I'm still okay. in that kind of uh, phase when the bone is kind of healing back up. But yeah, good. And tell us just quickly. Um, as you said at the start of the podcast, you do road. While well, you're gonna do try and do some road this year, mountain yeah. bike and cross. Like, how do you find the transition between both? Like myself, I go from road to mountain and that's it. There's only two, but mm-hmm. you have three disciplines. Like, how do you find going from discipline to discipline to discipline? Yeah, it's it's not too bad. You just kind of have to plan for it a little bit. Like when you're planning your calendar, your schedule, just making sure you plan in those days or weeks that you need to, to get back to it. For example, when I'm prepping for the saddle cross, I need to make sure that I'm on the bike a few weeks before the first race and just knitting up those skills and, and just getting back to it. I think I find the jump from my road bike to my mountain bike. It takes a few rides just to get that descending confidence up. Yeah. Um, but the jump back to road is pretty simple. You ha- you probably have too much confidence. Uh, so uh, yeah. that works really well. Um, but yeah, with the off-road disciplines, just, yeah, it's, it's like anything you if you don't do it for a while you become a little bit rusty but yeah if you if you jump between them enough yeah and tell us growing up as a kid like who were your inspirations who did you look up to uh, a lot of mountain bike riders like Neil Shetter and Julian Absalon and yeah watching the watching the world cups on Apple TV when I was yeah 13 14 and then like like UK riders as well, like uh, Scottish guys called like a uh, guy called Kenta Gallagher, like these guys racing on on high level. Yeah, yeah, super inspiring. Obviously, just seeing someone you relate to more, like being at that level. Um, okay. And yeah, in road cycling, I didn't have any kind of standout heroes. Like um, maybe I was kind of in that like London 2012 era of okay of, of Bradley Wiggins and yeah and Chris Froome and stuff so like their achievements showed obviously that 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 British riders can be yeah strong in in cycling um, exactly and that went long and then more even in the last few years like I find obviously what Tom is doing super inspiring and yeah. guys like Evie Rich girls like Evie Richards and um yeah just just showing that they can have that strength across different disciplines is is inspiring to me because I want to I want to do that as best I can too exactly and tell us Cameron for kids listening in and that what advice would you give them for like coming through to the sport and getting to the top um kind of find a part of cycling that you enjoy the most and and just do more of that like obviously work on your weaknesses but but don't uh, beat yourself up for for the things you're not good at because yeah they they might actually define you when you get older and uh, your weaknesses uh, are just yeah they're they're not that significant when you're young like for me I was never the strongest really 
when I was younger because I was that little bit smaller, but that made me better at other things. It made me better at techniques and it made me better at racecraft. So those things actually ended up helping me. And when I was, yeah, 12, 13, there was not much I could do about physically not being as developed as other people. Yeah. Um, if I tried to train more, it probably would have been a bad thing. Um, so yeah, not to beat yourself up, but those things can control what you can control, learn as much as you can learn. And, and, uh, and yeah, it, a lot of it will come back to that enjoyment because that's, what's going to keep you, keep you doing, keep you doing the sport and keep you in it for longer. There you have it. And, uh, what's next? What's next for you now? Uh, so yeah, I'm my, my broken elbow. So yeah, that's kind of the story for the next yeah foreseeable future but i look to be getting back on the mountain bike by the end of the season and focusing for the races on yeah towards the end of the mountain bike and then building for the cyclocross season uh which starts in october so i have big goals for the cyclocross and yes work to be done in the mountain bike too so um and then looking forward next year i would like to to give the road a bit of a better shot and see where things are at with there i think there's yeah loads to learn um and by i'm in a team that where i can where i can learn those things so yeah exactly yeah that's great hopefully we'll see you at the pointy end shortly yeah uh, thank you yeah <laughs> uh so we'll just give you some short fire questions and then cool. we'll start wrapping it up so question one hot or cold weather uh, hot, probably, yeah. Cycling, cycling in hot, hot in, in hot weather. And racing? Uh, maybe racing in cold weather, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I oh. think, like, training, you always want it to be hot, but racing, yeah. like, take it in the heat, so I'd much rather race in the cold. And then if you, if we were to throw in a spanner in the works and say cold or rainy weather? Oh, yeah, always cold, yeah. I'd much rather be yeah much rather be cold than be wet through because that's just grim okay coffee or tea uh neither water <laughs> neither yeah i don't drink any of that jeez okay fair enough because like i mean cyclist you think coffee but fair yeah, enough. yeah no i don't have a caffeine addiction so i i get the gains on race day with my gels oh. <laughs> <laughs> white or black cycling shoes uh white and what do you match with them? What color socks? Uh, any socks, but probably white. I'm not. I'm not that. I wouldn't be ashamed to go out and black socks and white shoes. It's not exactly. the end of the world. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite fruit? Um, mango. Mango. Would you rather have a foot for a hand or a hand for a foot, and why? Uh, a hand for a foot because it's just useful, isn't it? I'd rather have three hands. <laughs> Exactly true. Um, favorite cyclocross rider, if you have one. Uh, I know it's weird to think of a favorite rider. Um, oh, who can I think of? Tibo Nice has got good style, so uh, I'll I'd say I'd say him because yeah, he's pretty cool. You could have just said Cameron Mason. <laughs> no, no, I couldn't. <laughs> anything but that. Uh, favorite interval session. I know they're um, not nice, but I mean, you got to maybe choose. like a like an over under session, so like a, a sprint into threshold and then yeah. a sprint out. I think, yeah, I quite like that. So like 
15 second sprint into eight minutes at sweet spot and then 15 second sprint something like that fair enough and final question where do you see yourself in five years from now um riding bikes training lots (laughs) adventuring racing hopefully all the same stuff i'm doing now that's the idea oh perfect well cameron thank you so much for coming on um yeah, the, the floor is yours now. If you have any sponsors you'd like to shout out or people you'd like to shout out. Oh, no, yeah, thank you very much for having me. And uh, Yeah, not a I problem. Guess, I guess shout out to uh, to my team, for especially at the moment with being injured, Trinity Racing, uh, supporting me loads, and, and my coach, Jimmy Mack, and, yeah, my family, because I'm probably not the best person to have around now being injured, but I will, it'll be, I'll be back soon. And tell us, where can people follow you to keep up with your your daily adventures and your racing? I'm Cameroonie Mason, Mason on Instagram and just Cameron Mason on YouTube. So if you type it in, it should come up. That's the idea. So Cameron Mason. Perfect. Okay, Cameron, thank you so much for coming on and having a chat. It was lovely having you on and like we learned a lot, I suppose. And uh, all the best for the season. Hopefully we see you at the pointy end and just recover well, mate. And we'll see you soon. Cool, yeah. Thanks a lot for having me. Not a problem. Enjoy. See ya. Another episode done and dusted. And let me tell you, it's good to be back chatting away with new people. It was very interesting to hear Cameron's story and I really enjoyed the chat with Cameron. So hopefully you guys all enjoyed it as much as I did. And maybe you took a, took a tip or two from him, maybe learned something. Um, so I'd just like to thank Cameron for coming on and having a chat. I will link his uh, Instagrams and social medias down below. So if you don't mind giving him a, him a follow, that'd be appreciated. As well as su- following Cycling Nate's podcast on Instagram. Uh, we post there who we will have on next and what our plans are as to yeah who's on next and what we always ask some questions there so if you guys don't mind giving us a follow and yeah if you enjoyed it give us a like on all the podcast platforms and that's it for now for now so we'll talk again soon guys bye bye